Today on Understanding Immigration, the IRS, the American people, and Biden's crumbling narrative. All these localities are saying, here we are, we have these resources, you know, this sort of infrastructure where we're going to be able to help homeless people, help people who are, don't have any sort of background, any sort of infrastructure, any place to live. And all these localities are just getting overwhelmed by people. And you know, when you have mayors of some of the largest democratic cities in the country who are the ones who are saying, hey, maybe we need to cool our jets here. And then, you know, look at the polling, see the American people are saying the same thing. There's, you know, a plurality based on the on how the question is asked. Don't want to see immigration increased. They want it to be decreased. Coming to you from Washington, D.C., you are now listening to FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. Welcome back, folks. We're back here today with another episode of FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. This is Ron Kovach, FAIR's press secretary, and I'm joined today by Preston Hennikins, FAIR's government relations manager. Last week, in the dead of the night, the Senate passed the latest reconciliation bill, which in typical D.C. fashion had to include a couple additions which had absolutely nothing to do with funding the government. One of them happened to be making waves, which is uh, they decided to bring on 87,000 new IRS enforcement agents while still keeping the Border Patrol under 20,000 members. Preston, with being one of FAIR's government relations experts, I have to ask, what does this mean for the American people? You know, it means quite a bit, uh, and not just in the immigration sphere. There was a lot in this bill dealing with everything um, from climate to uh, increasing taxes on certain individuals, that kind of thing. But we're here, obviously, to talk about the immigration components. And there were there were some uh, fireworks when it came to immigration in the forms of amendments that were offered by the Republicans. Um, for our listeners at home, the budget reconciliation process is unique in the Senate, where it allows the Senate to pass a bill uh, by a simple majority. So in, in this current Senate, that means all 50 Democratic senators plus um, Vice President Kamala Harris. Um, they can only do this with bills that affect spending. It can only be done once every fiscal year. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, but part of this process allows the minority party, in this case the Republicans, to offer as many amendments to the bill as they possibly can. Uh, and that begins the process known as a Votorama. Um, and there was a big one for this bill. And, and a lot of the amendments that came up uh, in the Votorama had to do with immigration. So um, one of the first that we're going to talk about is Senator Lankford's amendment, which would have provided um, funding for the continued implementation of Title 42. This has been a big topic in the immigration debate, uh, really since it was first implemented. This was put in place at the height of the COVID pandemic way back in the spring of 2020. Uh, what it does is it allows Border Patrol to turn people away at the border, citing Title 42, which is a public health order, uh, you know, which prevents people from, from coming into the U.S. because of their uh, capability to spread a contagious disease, in this case, COVID-19. Um this is instead of citing Title VIII, which is normally how most immigration enforcement takes place. Um, this has there has been pressure from uh, Democrats in both the House and the Senate, uh, from various advocacy organizations uh, to end Title Forty Two. Uh, they call it inhumane. Uh, they think it's turning away too many asylum-seeking aliens. Um, this, that, and the third. So uh, Senator Lankford's amendment would have provided funding for that uh, going, you know, going to the end of at least the end of the fiscal year, which this this bill was addressing. Uh, and that obviously 
um, failed. The Democrats were in lockstep, um, surprisingly, with uh, with f- you know fending off the amendments that the Republicans offered. This did not happen um, in the last reconciliation uh, fight, where there were you know the Republicans were able to peel off a few of these you know more moderate um, Democratic senators and also those who are facing very tough reelection campaigns in states where immigration is a big issue. I'm thinking, of course, of uh, Mark Kelly in Arizona comes to mind. Um, And so, you know, it's it's one of these issues that's not going away anytime soon. Um, COVID continues to to kind of crest and and fall down again. Um, And the Biden administration is still you know, kind of tiptoeing around what they're going to do with it. It's still being used, although not as much as it was in the past. Um, But that wasn't the only uh, immigration amendment that we saw. There was another one from Senator Rick Scott of Florida. Um, And this was an interesting one, given another aspect of the bill. So for some background, uh, as as a way to to raise money um, in this bill, uh, the Democrats wrote in the additional hiring of 87,000 IRS agents, uh, essentially to to crack down on tax evaders. Um, you know, the IRS estimates that they lose billions of dollars every year from not having enough staff, enough resources to go after people that aren't, you know, filling out their taxes correctly or whatnot. Um, and so Rick Senator Scott's amendment would have prohibited the hiring of these IRS agents uh, until at least 18,000 additional Border Patrol agents had been hired. Um, this would have been very important. Uh, you know, For our listeners at home, Border Patrol is very understaffed. Uh, there simply are not enough people working in Border Patrol, in Customs and Border Protection in general, to deal with what we're seeing at the border, their morale is at an all-time low because of That's the policy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because of the policies that are being put in place by this president and by the uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security, and so it's a real struggle to to hire you know Border Patrol agents now. And Senator Scott's motion um, to recommit with instructions would have given more resources to try and attract new talent. Um, you know, it's something that we desperately need, but it, of course, failed. Um, you know, in the Democrat-led Senate. Um, you think something like that would be common sense? You know, you <laughs> you think it would be, but um, this again, this was a rare moment where the Democrats were really in lockstep together. They fended off a number of tough votes. Um, whether or not the the senators who voted, uh, you know, against these pretty common sense uh, amendments, whether they're going to pay for that politically in November, uh, is anyone's guess. Yeah, yeah, you can say that again. Um, and you know, here's the funny thing is that, you know, it's almost like the American people at this point are, are really getting fed up about it. You know, even though the Democrats are the majority party, they have the power, they're able to pass this legislation, the American people don't seem to agree with them. There's actually a couple polls that came out recently within the past month that I really want to bring up here. Uh, one was taken by Gallup. And essentially what they did was they wanted to see what whether the American people were okay with the immigration levels that they're currently seeing. So what they, you know, in asking their group of people, I didn't see how big the poll size was, but essentially what they said was they had 27% of Americans who were saying that immigration should be increased. 31% of the people who answered their poll said that they preferred that immigration be kept at the current level. And they had 38% of people, which, you know, the largest percentage of this pie here, are saying they want immigration decreased. Taking, you know, sort of a 30,000 foot perspective from this, what we're actually polling is that 
almost 70% of the people that they polled inside of this said that they wouldn't, didn't want an increase in immigration in our country. And it seems like the policies that, you know, got shot down, got like Langford's proposition, you know, Scott's proposition, both of these got shot down when they were really in favor of what 70% of the people who were answering this poll were saying. Um, and, you know, The Economist ran another one where they asked 1,500 people, do you think that immigration makes the United States better off, worse off, or does it not make any sort of a difference? What their poll ended up saying was we had 31% of people who said immigration makes the United States better off. 35% said it makes the country worse off. Again, the largest slice of the pie. Yep. And then 22% responded that it doesn't make much of a difference. So in other words, essentially half of the respondents, 57%, a little bit over half, ended up saying that they were either negative or they really didn't have a take on how immigration's going. I mean, when you combine these polls, the numbers are kind of eye-popping in a way where, you know, we have 60% of people in one saying it's going to make the country essentially worse off, 70% saying they don't want the level increased. But for some reason, the majority parties in both the House and the Senate and almost even the presidency are all saying, well, we want to keep the floodgates open. We want to keep on letting people in. And, you know, it, it, do we see any way of this stopping anytime soon? Um, you know, I don't think that the polling is going to change anytime soon. In fact, yeah. this is, um, you know, this is interesting because I know for a fact, I, I know the Gallup has, has polled for this for years where they, they yeah. ask that and they quantify it by you either want to increase it, remain the same or decrease it. You know, and for a long time, it, it was mainly people that were saying it should just be kept at the current level. Uh, and then some saying, you know, it should be increased. Uh, and what we've seen now is, what it looks like when it increases is that people actually don't really care for it. And you're starting to see that reflected in the polling that, that you have here with The Economist and Gallup saying, you know, actually, no, there's, you know, a plurality, uh, you know, based on, the, on how the question is asked, don't want to see immigration increased. They want it to be decreased. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think that, you know, in another sense, that's reflected in President Biden's uh, poll ratings for his handling of the immigration issue. You know, yeah. that's one of his lowest polling issues aside from uh, economics and um, and inflation. So if that is an issue that he's polling so low at, you know, it's it's baffling that that Democrats continue to to push this idea that oh we need we need an amnesty, we need to pass the Dream Act, we need to pass the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. You know, these are bills that might be popular with their. You know, they're very vocal base, you know, probably very popular with, you know, the citizens that are on Twitter and you know, these other groups that, you know, are very loud but actually don't have a ton of sway. <laughs> of course. Um, you know, the, the, the vast majority of the American people, like you said, either want it to remain the same or to be decreased. Yeah. And I think that that's reflected both in these Gallup and Economist polls but also in – President Biden's own polling on the issue. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Biden's narrative, it's its even starting to get far off from some of his fellow Democrats who support sanctuary th cities, things of the like. I mean, whether you look at, you know, Mayor Eric Adams in New York City, whether you look at Mariel Bowser here in D.C. And, you know, I've even seen reports today talking about how some migrants are, you know, working their way into Charlotte after the busing that, you know, Abbott is doing. And all these localities are saying, you know, here we are. We have these resources, you know, this sort of infrastructure where we're going to be able to help homeless people, help people who are coming into our places, you know, don't have any sort of background, any sort of infrastructure, any place to live. And 
all these localities are just getting overwhelmed by people. And you know, when you have de- mayors of you know some of the largest democratic cities in the country who are w- the ones who are saying, "Hey, maybe we need to cool our jets here," and then you know look at the polling, see the American people are saying the same thing. They're they're really starting to get out of sync, I think. And you know, we look at Title Forty Two, we look at you know the migrant protection protocols being ended, all these things, which are are just sort of completely contrary to what most of the population wants. Um, now, you know, we talked about Senator for Langford's Title Forty Two amendment, and there was actually another Title Forty Two amendment that was brought up that I kind of want to touch on here. It was brought up by Mark Kelly and Kristen Cinema. Essentially, what they were doing was saying they kind of wanted to extend it, but I think it was somewhat different than what Senator Langford was saying. Preston, you want to go a little bit into that? Yeah, this was a you know kind of a show amendment where, on paper, it would extend Title Forty Two. Uh, I, I believe until the end of, of the fiscal, or maybe like 60 days. Yeah. It was some sort of time frame like that. Mm-hmm. But um, this was entirely done for political purposes to cover some of these moderate senators that are facing, you know, backlash over this issue at home. Uh, you know, there's a number of senators who are facing very tough uh, re-election campaigns in November. You know, you think of Raphael Warnock in Georgia, who uh, has to run to fill out the the seat that yeah, he, you know, won uh, two years. Years ago, ago yeah. um, you're thinking about Mark Kelly, who's in a very similar situation. Um, there, um, you know, there there are plenty of, of Democratic senators who want to take a vote that that makes people think that they're doing something to address the issue, but that really doesn't have any teeth. And that's exactly what this vote was on, was extending Title 42, but there was no funding mechanism uh, you know, to actually give CDC and, and Border Patrol the resources that they would need to, to actually get more asylum officers down there, to get more um, agents down there who can actually process these claims. And so the issue hasn't gotten any better, and this uh, you know, amendment certainly isn't going to do anything uh, aside from maybe preventing uh, the Biden administration from ending it, you know, tomorrow, but yeah. it, it's practically going to end if there's no funding for it. And I think that's um, this was done, it, you know, it's a very intelligent move by the Senate Democrats to do this. But I do think that you know a large segment of the American people will understand that this was just for show. This wasn't a real, any substance to this. Well, the show will probably be good whenever they try to go around Arizona to their town halls, try to tout their agenda, say, hey, you know, we passed Title 42, we got something done on it. But, you know, at the end of the day, if we don't have any sort of funding mechanism, any sort of enforcement mechanism, really at the end of the day, it falls flat. And I completely agree with you there. And, you know, even little things, just, you know, trying to bring up laws as to maybe we just don't let people with arrest warrants in our country. That could be something. And what we're seeing now is, you know, Canada just a couple weeks ago ended up saying, you know, if someone is a foreign migrant and they're trying to come into our country, they have to, they're not allowed to come in if they've had arrest warrant. Where, you know, we have our own TSA director who got questioned a couple weeks ago by Josh by Senator Holly, and what Senator Holly was saying was he asked him, you know, so how are people getting on planes if they don't have an ID? And even the TSA, the director of the TSA is admitting, you know, we're letting people in if they have an arrest warrant because it's a sheet of paper with their name on it and we don't think they pose a threat to national security. I mean, just little common sense things just don't seem to be clicking with the Democrats right now. And, you know, just personal opinion, I think they may end up paying for it in November here. Yeah, I think that's right. And, you know, polling is showing that, you know, we're, we're seeing that, you know, the House is, you know, you don't want to say certainly, but but almost certainly going to flip to the Republicans um, after the midterms. Uh, the Senate is is still going to be a toss up, you know, that it could go either way. Um, you know, even if the Democrats lose, 
you know, one or two Republicans could lose one. You know, it's just it depends, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But the House almost certainly will be controlled by uh, by the Republican Party, and in you know preparation for that, the uh, Republican leadership in the House did just come out with a list of priorities um, for immigration that they want to tackle within the first hundred days of that new Congress, uh, and it's something that tracked very closely with the uh, coalition effort that FAIR has been a part of with other organizations like Numbers USA, uh, like the Heritage Foundation and uh, Heritage Action, their um, their uh, sister organization um, with Texas Public Policy Foundation. You know, there's a number of groups that join this coalition talking mm-hmm. about, you know, changes that really need to be made that would get the border situation under control. And we're very pleased to see that that message has resonated uh, with both um, Kevin McCarthy and the you know the rest of the leadership in the Republican um, side of the House is that they uh, you know release a document espousing almost every point that that we suggested yeah. as a coalition and so um, it's something that we're obviously going to have to hold them to and that supporters are going to have to hold them to because uh, there's you know it's very easy to talk about priorities that you want to put in place but you know when push comes to shove you actually have to legislate when you have the opportunity to do so and so um, we're looking forward to that hopefully that's something that is able to happen and they're able to put some pressure on uh, both President Biden and uh, Senate Democrats to, to get this under control and to take seriously what's happening at the border the you know American people, are sick and tired of seeing the lack of control that we have at our southern border and you know it might be it might take just flipping one chamber to to maybe wake up the administration to to the reality on the ground at least it would give a microphone to the ideals we're talking about here you know whether it be trying to make sure that title 42 is funded trying to make sure maybe hey you know even a 10,000 border patrol member increase would just be something that would help out the country at the end of the day and you know we, we have the you know like you said that we have the people on our side now we have this coalition which, you know, is working in lockstep with the Republican Party, just trying to make sure we're able to amplify things, which is going to be common sense immigration policy, really. And I'm yet to see something really on the other side, which is countering that, which, you know, you get a solid group of people who are actually saying, you know, well, we need the open borders. We need more people in our country. There's not really a lot of people who are echoing that right now. And, you know, really what we, we see what President Biden is saying, you know, talking about, well, we want to let them in. We want to end Title 42, do all this. But if I'm not mistaken, I think his administration, some members might be saying opposite things. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, so this has actually been a recurring um, issue within the Biden administration is that there have been essentially two camps um, among his you know, his staff and, and people that, that he listens to and that counsel him on the issue. Uh, on one side, you have a lot of uh, people who were taken from some of the really aggressive advocacy organizations that, that uh, you know, wrote his, his platform that promised – Giving amnesty to every illegal alien in the country, you know, people who uh, have been fighting, you know, really their whole lives to to upend our immigration system as as we know it, and and really throwing the door open. Uh, those are the people that are saying we need to get rid of Title Forty Two. Those are the people who want to give asylum officers the same authority as immigration judges to rubber stamp asylum claims at the border. You know, this is stuff that would make the situation we're seeing a million times worse. Um, on the other side of that within Biden's, um, you know, cabinet and within his advisors, there are people who, you know, even though they're they're sympathetic, probably more to, to those arguments, they are arguing that, look, for, for 
you know, pure real politic. This is not working. This is not polling well. Uh, we cannot appear to have lost control of our southern border. Um, there are aspects to this that we need to be really careful of. Uh, and and it's been, you know, from from the leaks that we've you know heard and that have been reported in the media, it, it seems like there's a you know kind of a real uh, back and forth between these two groups. And, you know, the, the the president, in a sense, is torn between, you know, which advisors do you listen to? Uh, you know, these are both groups are people that helped propel him um, to where he is now, and, and he obviously takes their counsel. And so it's it's been interesting to see that, that dynamic. And, um, you know, things might be starting to change. You know, there was a leaked DHS report last month that was saying that roughly 30% of the alien who were released into the U.S. between March and September 2021 did not comply with their release terms, um, which is very interesting because you know the Biden administration has said for months oh, we're not doing catch and release. You know we're mm. we've put ankle monitors on we're these going people. By the yeah, book. we're going by the book. They're showing up for their court dates. This, that, and the third. Well. This report shows that that's not happening. There's a, there's nearly a third of them who are not complying with their release terms, who are not showing up to court, who are not checking in with their local ICE office where they end up. You know that, yeah. and that's a that's a growing concern because as more and more people come into the United States this way. And, you know, ICE isn't getting any bigger. CBP is not getting any bigger. We saw that from the most recent appropriations package. You know, ICE actually lost funding. And so if you're going to see an increase of people coming in while we are decreasing our capability to deal with it, this number is going to grow of people who are not complying with their release terms. I I just want to take a second just so we could actually realize this here. I mean, we're talking in 2021. We had, what, almost one and a half million border crossings, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, of apprehensions and you know many of those are people who who did you know enter the United States who were put on either alternatives to detention or were just released yeah. with a court date and said hey we we expect to see you you know 2 months yeah. from now hope to see you there and 30% of these people we we don't have their names we don't have their addresses we don't have their intentions of you know what what kind of jobs they're going to be getting in the country anything along those lines right all we got was a promise that they would show up to the court and of course they didn't, uh, yeah. and that's and and why would they? Because there's no, there's no enforcement mechanism uh, to get them there if they're not being monitored by ICE, uh, which ICE is not big enough to do that. Um, they're not being put in detention, uh, both because of policies that this administration has put in place, but also because we don't have enough detention space to begin with, mm-hmm. and the. House Democrats, in their most recent appropriations package, decreased the number of detention bids that ICE has in this most recent fiscal year. Yeah. So the situ- it's, a, it's a snowball effect of the, the situation is getting worse, and the appropriators in Congress and President Biden and his administration are not taking action to, to address it. And at the very least, we have hundreds of thousands of people just unaccounted for running around yes, our country right correct. now, which is, I think, is one of, one of the most surprising things about this entire, you know, conversation here is the fact that, you know, there are just hundreds of thousands of people. We don't know where they are. They're not showing up to their court cases. They're not doing what the Biden administration claims that everyone's doing who's coming into our country. That's right. And even uh, in a recent hearing, FBI Director Christopher Ray brought up this point, and he said that, you know, I'm quoting from here, the volume 
volume of people at our border is staggering. It represents a wide array of criminal threats. And our potential vulnerability is something that we know foreign terrorist organizations and others will seek to exploit. Now, we're not saying that every single illegal alien who comes into the United States is a terrorist waiting to, to do something. But it's a known fact that that our border is is wide open. We know that we've arrested people at the border that are Dangerous on terror that are on mm-hmm. terrorist watch lists. We know that, uh, and so it, you can't just say, "Well, it hasn't happened yet, so we don't have to worry about it." You know, that's no. that's not a, a, a serious way to address what's happening. You need to to really harden the border to make sure that we're not or, you know we're not arresting people that are on the terrorist watch list in the first place because they can't get to the United States. They can't get to the border in the first place. I mean, that, yeah. it's something that when when you have a system in place like we have now where all you have to do is come to the border, claim asylum, and you'll be set into the United States on your own cognizance for three to five years until your court case is over, why wouldn't our adversaries abroad who are well-financed and well-organized why wouldn't they take advantage of that? Of course they're going to. I wish I could tell you, but you know, it seems just from this DHS report, from you know the FBI director, you know, spe- speaking under oath there, you know, talking about all this coming out, it almost seems like the truth is starting to come out a little bit. Of the common sense is starting to really see through the Biden administration amongst the noise they've been putting out recently. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree yeah. with that, and I think too, you know, this represents, I, I think as well, people um, in that second group of advisors to President Biden who understand that. There are consequences to what's happening. You know, you know, Christopher Ray. I don't think is going to go up to in front of Congress and say, "Oh, everything's fine, and we're not worried about this, and it's not an issue." Uh, I, I don't think he's he's going to do that. And so, when when you see someone like that saying under oath that there is a problem, you know, that's it's one official, but but one is maybe all it takes. And and we're hopeful that maybe uh, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will one day, you know, wake up and recognize that the policies he's put in place have really led to some of the, the issues that we're seeing when when you, you know, when you handcuff ICE and you don't allow them to do their job through executive memorandums, or excuse me, memoranda, you know, that that is that is not a way to run the Department of Homeland Security. That's not a way to run ICE by forbidding them to do their congressionally mandated job. So there's a, there are many officials in this administration who we hope over the next couple days, weeks, months, finally wake up and recognize that the policies they've put in place are not working. Yeah, sort of sort of just need to so- separate the political language from, you know, what we're actually implementing because that's the only way we're going to be able to see any kind of change. That's the only way we're going to be able to see a safer America, more secure America, everything along those lines. Well, you know, I will say it's it's kind of scary to hear this news coming from the White House that that, you know, they've really been sticking a feather in their cap in the fact where they want to let in as many immigrants as possible, but then we have people inside of the administration itself who are ending up sounding the alarm saying this is something we need to fix. This is a big problem that we're having. Um, but, you know, what we really need to do, first step, I think, just stop let, rapidly letting people in. We need to really enforce Title 42. We need to increase Border Patrol agents, do all these things to kind of fix it. Um, well, I digress with all that, but I think it's just about time for us to be getting out of here. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode of Understanding Immigration and that you'll subscribe on your preferred listening platform, whether it be Spotify, Apple, or Google. To learn more about any of the topics we covered here today, please be sure to visit the FAIR website at fairus.org or any of our social media platforms. Of course, we're on Facebook. Facebook, Twitter, Getter, Gab, you know, all the main ones there. Uh, I'm Ron. This is Preston. This has been FAIR's Understanding Immigration Podcast. Thanks for listening.